Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. This is Kathy, your host, and can you believe it? It is finally the last week of the year, and I hope everybody's been able to stay healthy and safe from the virus that's going around. I know that we have been doing the best that we can, but trying to stay healthy otherwise has been an absolute challenge. This year, we had a very small family gathering, just period for Thanksgiving, for Christmas, and for New Year's. I definitely will be seeing it through to make sure this year is done and gone. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but I was a little sad about having the smaller gatherings. We usually have big, big gatherings, especially for Thanksgiving. We have uh, big sit-down dinners for Thanksgiving, Christmas, not so much. It's more of a, you know, buffet type. And, but, you know, it was, it was nice not having to um, have to cook, you know, huge amounts of food and worry about, you know, anything. It, it just wasn't the same, obviously. And no, I'm not whining about anything. I too have had to give up a lot. I haven't seen my father at all this year. He's 80, he'll be 84 this year, um, this upcoming year, and he has leukemia. So I am trying to stay safe, keep him safe. Our granddaughter is the one constant that we've had, and she stays with us a good portion of the time and has this entire time. Uh, There's a whole other story behind that, but, you know, she's what makes this tolerable. But on to other things, I do have a couple announcements to make. Uh, Starting next month, I will be launching a new podcast called Poolside Confessions. At this point, it will only be on Podbean and Facebook and the announcements through Twitter. I will be doing both podcasts and I will be going down to one episode per month per podcast and poolside confessions will be about different kinds of murders kidnappings and scandals from all around the world whereas with uh, all things eerie it's from this particular area i know every so often that i step out of the box and do different episodes that are not from this area but i like to kind of keep it in this particular area for the Great Lakes region but I am really excited about this because there are some really really cool episodes that I am looking forward to I'm not gonna lie trying to get back into the swing of the things has been really hard because once you take that time off you're like trying to get back into it but I am looking really forward to it um I am looking forward to collaborating with a couple of different other podcasters. Um, So there's a lot of things, um, you know, coming into the new year. I am, I am really, really excited about. So now on to this week's episode. Um, Before I really, really start, one more thing I have to say that with all the research that I've done, it's been online and through the local papers and mostly was through Erie News Now or Go Erie. And that the reporters that posted these were Tim Hahn, 
David Bruce and Ed Palatella. I figured I'd do this now so it wouldn't be as confusing later on. There's one more um, other person or one other um, um, research online that I have done, but um, I'll, I'll, I'll use that in here. So on to our episode. If you've been watching the news, at least your local news, you will see that in some areas that um, homicides seem to be on the rise. And no, this is not a BLM episode, so bear with me. This is an episode about someone's death and hopefully not to sound like a protest or anything like that. I want it to be like all my podcasts have been. It's about someone's life, their case, their story that needs to be told and their voice that needs to be heard. Now back to what I was talking about, homicides. Homicide rates are on the rise. It doesn't matter where you look. If you look at look at the st- statistics from any website, they're right there in black and white. If you look at Pennsylvania where we rank in 2018, unwed mothers, we ranked the 20th with cesarean delivery 28th, preterm birth rate 29th low birth weight 23rd which basically puts a smack dab in the middle but we should be better than that we all should in this day and age there should be no excuse for any of it why did I bring this up because it circles back to homicides in 2019 homicides increased 42 percent during the summer and 34% in the fall. And this was from the crime analysis Jeff Asher in the Vox article. And this year, in 2020, murder was up 36%. That's 15% nationwide, which was just the first half of this year alone. They haven't even spoken about what the homicide rates were for the rest of this year. Obviously, the rest of this year isn't done yet. You can look at the statistics all you want when you have poverty and criminals are being left out of the jails. And I'm not talking about those who were put in jail that had a small possession charge of marijuana. I'm talking about those who are being left out that have had crimes of rape and murder and especially crimes against children. Now the breakdown between parties, because I know someone will say something, Democratic cities have a a positive of 36.2% and Republican cities is a a positive 35.6%. So break it down how you like. Crime is on the rise. Now let's get into this episode. According to an eerie article by Tim Hahn on the late afternoon of October 21st, Frederick Perry, 40, was seen on video arriving in a car at a local quick stop convenience store on West 18th Street in Erie on the obviously the west side what perry was going to the store for a gallon of milk a snack there's a multitude of reasons to go and the sad fact remains that it was the last time that frederick perry would be alive did he get to say goodbye to his family are his family members beating themselves up because they didn't get to say goodbye because they missed a phone call from him that day or a couple days prior there are the things, those, these are the things that I thought about as I was typing because you never know when the last time will be the last times, especially with what's going on right now. For those that knew Frederick, 
They lost a son, a brother, a friend. Was he a father, a husband? I don't have that information and it wasn't readily available for me. This is a fairly new case and no one is going to say anything pertinent about it either. Those that did know Perry as, as a close friend or a relative, they knew him as man-man and that he was an outgoing person. From Frederick's uncle, Wayne Turner, from an Erie Online article, he's quoted as saying, it's just a tragedy, something like this should ever happen. It should never happen. I would like it for, like for it to end, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's just not my nephew that we lost. It's a loss for them as well. No win situation for either one of the families, end quote. According to one of the Erie News articles, Kayantia Blanks, 24, was at the store along with some other people just hanging around. At the moment Frederick Perry arrived at the store, Blanks shot Perry in the chest. Why would someone just shoot someone? Frederick Perry was taken to a local hospital, St. Vincent's, where he had succumbed to his wounds, according to one of the online articles. At this point in time, the police did not know who Perry was, nor what actually killed him. We know you take, can take an educated guess, but you have to cross each and every T and dot every I. When the police arrived, they had the task of speaking to witnesses and gather evidence, and the police had some wins in their pocket. One, they had a cooperating witness. Two, they had a video evidence showing what actually happened to Frederick Perry. Three, they also say that Blanks and Frederick knew each other. So they know who, when, and where. Now it was on to the why. And the police were on to look for Blanks to ask that very question. A few days went by and on October 24, 2020, a warrant was issued for Blanks arrest by Judge Third Ward District Tom Carney, Thomas Carney. Blanks was going to be charged with felony counts of criminal homicide, aggravated assault, possess, possessing instruments of a crime, carrying a firearm without a license, recklessly endangering another person. Now, because it's so easy to look up someone's criminal history, at least here in Pennsylvania, I thought I would take a chance and put Blank's name in the system and see what and see what popped. Now, for those of you that are under the age of, say, 35, you might not get this reference, but anyone for those who have seen an Adam Sandler movie that he's famous football player that went to jail for betting against his own team and throwing the game uh, the, the longest yard, I believe. Anyways, there's a part where Chris Rock's character is going through the computer system for the more dangerous of the convicts to play against the guards. And they're rated by a star system of how dangerous they are. And just for fun, they look up Chris Rock's character and he has half a star. That's what I would have considered Blank's criminal career to have been, a half a star when it came to being a dangerous criminal. All he had was a possession charge and a possession of drug paraphernalia, and he had to pay his landlord back rent. So tell me then, what would make someone with a half a star criminal record go to at least a three star? Murder is a big, bold move. And with a co cooperating witness, the video, and the fact that there were possibly three to four people there shooting, not just blanks, and I'm not talking about 
the bullets. There could be some blowback if someone wants to roll on him. And the police seem to have thought so also. He is definitely in their sights because by December 4th of this year, a reward was being offered for anyone who had information for his whereabouts. It was $1,500. And that is here from Erie. So obviously, if you have any information, the phone number to call is 814-464-9682. And that's for the Erie Police Department. Again, that's 814-464-9682. And that'll be posted on not only the Facebook, but Twitter also. But that's just not all. Blanks has made it all the way to the federal tip line and the federal wanted tip line, which makes you wonder, what did the police find? And those numbers are 1-800-4-TIPS, 1-877-WANTED-2. So Frederick Perry's uncle, Wayne Turner, also had this to say, which I believe sums up the situation. Quote, take a step back and evaluate the situation. Tomorrow will be a better day, but just have to stop the violence. Killing is not the answer to anything. Two families, two families win. They never win. End quote. Mr. Turner is very correct in that aspect. No one wins in these situations. I do know how that part is. My mother's been gone since 2005, and there have been so many things that I wanted to tell her, and she's not here. Even though I didn't lose her to violence, gone is gone, and there's no coming back. And the other family, well, you still get to see your child, hopefully. They're not where they should be, if not for one act, one impulsive act, and their life is gone. They might or might not get to have children if they already didn't have any before this happened. If they do, how can they parent properly unless they're with the other parent or if they were a single parent, then who raises them? I'm sure that's a question those who are behind bars ask themselves all the time. They don't stop being a parent. Are they even able to see their children at all? There's so many questions and not enough answers. However, back to the episode. The Erie police have acknowledged that there has been an increase in violent crime in the city, which in turn they have increased their patrols and have special units that they have been utilizing. This is, and at this point in time, this is where I'm going to leave this part of the episode, which I hope you had enjoyed. Now, because this is such a new case and there wasn't a lot of information, I'm going to combine it with another case. And this is the death of Daquan Holloway, which it's a two-piece case. The young man, Daquan Holloway, senior. He also is of from Erie, PA. Daquan was born on August 12, 1999. His mother is Melissa and his father, Michael. Daquan himself had 
two small children that he had to leave behind, and I'm sure that he didn't want to. He also had a very large family that I'm sure, just like everyone else, is still feeling Daquan's loss. And since his death is still fresh in their mind, I'm going to be as respectful as possible. Doing a podcast like this can drag up a lot of bad memories. No, I did not speak to any of the family members because it was so, so close since this has happened. And because of the holidays, this is not the time nor the place to speak to family members. The other problem with doing a case like this is that there isn't a lot of information to go on, just like the previous case I spoke about. I have to go by what's available, and since this is an ongoing investigation, police don't like to speak about what is going on. What I do know and what is available to me is that Daquan was just arriving at a house party with a friend on the evening morning of September 28th, 29th at 12.30 a.m. And while Daquan was standing outside the door of the house on the block of 800 Walnut Street, Daquan was fatally shot. Now, the friend he was with was also shot. He was shot in the leg and was treated and released from a local hospital. Now, this is according to an article by Tim Hahn. And again, a lot of my reference material for both of these cases come from Erie News Now, Go Erie articles online. And a lot of, a lot of the articles are written by Tim Hahn. Now, however, back to this case, another one of those bullets that came from the perpetrators went into a nearby home and landed near a woman who had been sleeping in her bed. But we go back again to the question, why? Why was he shot? There were two people that were there. There were approximately 25 to 30 people at this house party. Was he the target? The whole time that this went down, you have to ask yourself, was he the particular target or was it supposed to be someone else? And of course, the remaining questions are who and why, who would do it, why would they want this young man dead? Because we have the where and we have the when. The description given was two men, that's it, two men, at least that was what was written in the articles which left the police with the daunting task of collecting and reviewing all the surveillance footage in the area and collecting the information from the witnesses that were there. Daquan had been pronounced dead at the scene by coroner John Maloney at 1.30 a.m. that Sunday morning, and that was according to an article in the MSN uh, paper, online article. Those who had been in the house had either fled to the basement to hide and they didn't come out until the police had started to arrive. At the time, the police didn't think that it was gang related. I personally didn't know him or anyone in the family, so I cannot nor will I judge him. But I do have to put in all the facts that I found out about him. While doing so, I found an article 
from back in 2015 that had Daquan in the article. And in it, it said that he had been held for trial in February of that year, and he was accused of shooting a woman in the chest while she was in her vehicle along with two passengers. Now, Daquan had gone in front of Erie's second ward district judge, Paul Urbanic. However, in relation to two other people who had been hit by the bullets, the judge had to dismiss the two other counts of attempted homicide and aggravated assault, according to an Erie Go Erie article, because they had never showed up to court, which isn't unusual for this to happen. This tends to happen a lot because people do not want to, quote, snitch or they don't want the reputation retribution to fall back on them because they didn't they didn't speak up or they did speak up about the crime that is going on because there is gang activity going on on the Erie's east side in the Erie's east side neighborhood and the shootings have slowly been flowing out into the west side neighborhoods and anywhere really if something happens and sometimes it's just tempers that have flared hap- even once on the base bayside conne- connector the one daquan was involved and another where people who were shot and those who did the shooting just took off which is easy if you know the neighborhood you slip on down to 8th street and head over to the park and it takes you straight over to the east side before you know it it's just a hop skip and a jump you don't even have to speed it's that close and i'm not even from this area but let's get back to the episode what option did that leave the judge that left the judge no other way but to give Daquan, but to, to set the bail at $150,000. But it comes back to what happened that day. According to the woman that was hit, on the day of the hearing, she wasn't sure who did it. Now, I'm keeping her name out of it because of the fact she did not come and ask me to do this. I found this this information out just going online. I picked these cases by random. I've only had one listener ask me to do a story. That's it. Nobody has come to me and asked me anything about writing a case. At least this one anyways. Okay, so... When this woman was shot, she was driving to, to the store along with some friends when a white SUV pulled up beside her and her vehicle and the people in the front passenger seat opened fire, fire on her and the occupants of her vehicle, but she said she wasn't sure who did it. However, according to another article in Go Erie, during that hearing, when the woman was asked if she saw the person who shot her, she said nothing at first. Then she said no. But when questioned by Erie Court District Attorney Mark Mark Richmond, he had played a tape that the woman gave to detectives 
on March 3rd when she was being treated at UPMC Hammett. In the taped interview, she said that she, quote, saw Daquan shooting, and when she was asked more questions, she said that she saw Daquan Holloway and, she, and knew him because they grew up together. So why would she say that if she didn't see who did it the first time around? Well, her attorney, Damon Hopkins, had asked her what she said she said the last time she appeared before court. What her response was, she said that she told both the police and the prosecutors that Holloway was not the person who shot her. Hopkins then asked if she had, quote, seen or, quote, heard that he did. Her response was that she, quote, heard it from two people when she had woke up in the hospital, end quote. If that's the case, then who really did shoot her? What what ended up happening to Holloway? I mean, that's a really good question. Well, that leads us to another incident. Erie City Police responded to a shots fired call in a west side neighborhood at 1.25 a.m. on Wednesday morning near the area of West 7th and Cascade Streets, which again led them to, of all people, Holloway. Police had said when they pulled up they saw a purple Toyota sport utility vehicle which had the driver's side door wide open and it was parked in the thousand block of West 7th Street. And this is according to another Go Erie news article. So when, when the police noticed an open door to an apartment, they went to investigate and they found a digital scale, which is never good. You never leave your stuff laying out and around anybody, which if they see that stuff, it gives them prob- probable cause, they can investigate, and they suspected heroin. Those items were found in Holloway's coat. And also what was found in there were large amounts of cash. And on top of it, he also had a gun. And this was all found in the apartment where he lived. And this is the unfortunate part, especially with the gun being there. And not that you cannot have guns with kids because you get, you can, you 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 just have rules but his children were there and my my unfortunate part was you know the drugs being there on on the the horror the more horrible part now when the police further investigated they found out that holloway was wanted on charges for the assault on a woman where he was accused of pulling a handgun on her and two other people So the complete charges for Holloway were firearms not to be carried without a license, possessions of firearms that were prohibited, uh, intent possessions, uh, the use or possessions of drug paraphernalia, manufacture, delivery, or possession with intent to manufacture or deliver, receiving stolen property, false identification to law enforcement officer, endangering the welfare of children or parents, committing other offenses times two. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Holloway was charged, but it was, but the Holloway was charged with this, but it was dropped. 
theft by unlawful taking of movable property. And, and now this was in 2006. So we're going to fast forward four years. Now, according to an Erie News Now online article, both Holloway and the other victim were hit with a gun and that multiple weapons had been used during the shooting and also there had been multiple suspects. This was a statement that had been given from police chief Dan Bazarni. When an autopsy was performed on Holloway by the county coroner, Lyle Cook, it was found that he had died of a gunshot wound to his thorax and this was according to an online article by Erie News Now. So we were correct at the beginning of the episode. So you go back to the simple questions that we had earlier of who, what, when, and why because we now know who, we know what, why, or we know who, what, when, but we still don't know why. The police went over everything, the interviewing, they went through all of the video and pictures of, that everybody gave to them from that party, um, from their cell phones, and not to mention the surrounding area to see if there were any cameras and to go through that footage as well. And also to talk to any other witnesses that were willing to speak. And this year, and again, according to an article from Erie News Now, because there had been an uptick in gun violence, the Erie Police Department had announced that they had made a number of seizures and arrests for recent firearm-related crimes. And in doing so, the police made arrests in relation to the homicide of Daquan Holloway. Tahaj a Easter 21 was arrested on 102620 and charged with criminal homicide, conspiracy, and other related charges for the murder of Daquan Holloway. And Dwayne Buckner III, 20, was also arrested on 10-26-20 and was also charged with criminal homicide, conspiracy, and other related charges for the murder of Daquan Holloway. So where does that leave us? At this time, Aster had been denied bail and is awaiting preliminary hearings. He had three scheduled with one that had already been moved. And the last one was just on the 19th of this month, which December. And the complete list of charges were criminal homicide, criminal conspiracy homicide, criminal attempt homicide, criminal attempt aggravated assault attempts to cause um, somebody bodily injury or cause injury extreme indifference, aggravated assault attempts to cause bodily injury with deadly weapon times two, discharge of a firearm to, into occupied structures times three, firearms not to be carried without a license, recklessly endangering another person times five, possession of weapons. And the saddest part about this, he's 20 years old and this was his first offense. But looking into Bruckner's background, he unfortunately had a very long list of priors, one of which being unlawful restraint, involuntary servitude. Now, what does that mean? 
Under PA law, it means, and I'm quoting, in Pennsylvania, unlawful restraint occurs when someone restrains another unlawfully in circumstances that could expose the restrained to seriously to serious bodily injury or if the restrained is held in involuntary servitude. One, if the victim is 18 years of age or older, unlawful restraint is classified as a misdemeanor of the first degree, which is punishable by up to five years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Two, if the victim is under the age of 18, unlawful restraint is charged as a second-degree felony if convicted can be sentenced to 10 years in prison and a $25,000 fine. Now, this was verbatim from an attorney website that takes on these types of cases, but I still question the fact about why now? Why Why was Holloway killed now? and not back then in retaliation right away. But this is a case that we will have to follow up on because the with COVID and how they are now working um, the court system and they are just getting back into using jurors. Um, people are, are just getting back into being called as jurors. I don't know how it's going to work because they're not going to be able to use juror boxes the way they did in the past. That's something that we'll have to find out. That being said, um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you listen to this for the first time and you would like to go back and download any other episodes you can listen to them on podbean.com and uh, facebook spotify and uh, you can go to twitter to for any links at all things eerie from eerie pa my sources will be available on my facebook page and i want to thank you all who have been listening recently and to all of those who have been tweeting and retweeting my podcast you all rock And I want to wish everybody a very happy New Year's and hopefully this new year will be so much better than this past year. We have so much to look forward to in this upcoming year. So stay safe, stay healthy. This is Kathy signing off.